other words, they told me that they were suspending me under clause 9.1. Budget to ensure financial stability amid rising costs of everyday living. You have to tell us more about family finance. In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks. I'm your host, Fred B., and I have another dope episode for you. Today, we're talking about relationships. That's right, not relationships, but relationships, as in relationship tips. Shout out to my business colleague, my friend, my brother, Gregory Colbert and his dynamic wife, Sarita Colbert, uh, they're out there doing some amazing work stationed in um, uh, Arizona, uh, but their impact reaches well beyond the borders of just the state of Arizona. And I borrowed that phrase from them, relation tips. I went to one of their workshops and uh, it's, it's replete with all kinds of tools to help people get their whole life and their relationships together. And so we're going to zoom in on Facebook relation tips for today's session. Now, if you're old enough, to just pour your own cereal or to go to the bathroom by yourself, then you're old enough to have already discovered that relationships can be difficult. Shoot, it's, it's hard enough agreeing with yourself consistently, right? <laughs> you know, I think about this phrase, can two walk together except they be agreed? Or how can they walk together unless they agree? But the truth of the matter is, some of us, more often than not, we are having a hard time agreeing with ourselves. And I'll just keep it 100 with you. You know, I may say something today, but in light of new information, you ask me about that thing a month, a month from now or two months from now, I may not agree with myself. So add another person to the mix and try to find some type of agreement. Bruh, you got a problem. And with that problem, it's, it's not impossible, but we're just going to need the right tools to make sure we keep our sanity and have we don't, you know, we don't, we don't act in a foul way towards the other person as well. So what about, virtual relationships though. See, even though we have that block button that some of us use so so generously uh, and we have the delete button where we can just remove comments. And while that may allow us to mitigate some of the difficulty because it allows us to hide ourselves or it allows uh, us to hide others from off of our timeline, social media still has its own unique challenges that make that whole space, that whole sphere difficult um, to navigate. And here's the deception. I think because Facebook or IG, you know, the social media space, I mean, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole line, a whole catalog now of social media uh, derivatives. But uh, I think because it's virtual, we tend to esteem it as uh, not being real. You know, it kind of desensitizes us to the fact that, hey, these are real people because it's an avatar. They're immediately accessible um, and you can't you can't hear inflection. There's so many things missing. Right. Or so many things are different, I should say. And so we tend to esteem it as not being unreal or not being impactful or important. And therefore, we underestimate the profundity of challenges that come with it. And so in this episode, I want to address four, just four ideas as it relates to navigating friendships or relationships in the social media space. And those concepts I'm going to give them to you are one, capacity, two, ubiquity, three, propinquity and four, Secrecy. Again, capacity, ubiquity, propinquity, and secrecy. And I'm ready. I want to break this thing down. But before I do, y'all know I got to hit you with some ground rules and I'll be right back with you. 
this probably doesn't need to be said. But of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. So, the reason why we're addressing this is because I want to offer some best practices that I've observed and I want to share it in hopes that you, the listener, will reciprocate and share some of your insights with me, our Patreon community, and even some people that I might connect that are connected with us on Twitter or that might come a little bit later in the game, you know, well after this has been recorded and published, uh, but still benefit from the uh, timeless uh, uh, wisdom that you guys will, will share. And I should also clarify that this is not to be an exhaustive list. Of course, I know that there's more than just these four areas that need to be addressed, you know? Um, but I just want to, I just want to tap on it lightly. I just want to place this lightly, you know? And I also want to be clear that I'm not condemning social media at all. Um, you know, when we manage our social media versus it managing us, it proves to be a very useful tool, you know? However, there, there's, uh, there's a sea of data out there to also uh, enlighten us to the fact that, you know, there's some debilitating impacts being made by social media. I mean, how it's weighing on us so- uh, sociolo- sociology- sociologically and psychologically, you know, it is definitely changing the complexion of uh, our interaction and our communication with others and our attention span. So there are some there are some things that we need to be mindful of, but I'm not condemning it altogether. I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. But for instance, social media has allowed me to do a couple of things. I've made money by social media. Money has changed hands with uh, people that um, I got to know on social media. Um, I've been, been able to learn about uh, the financial, uh, the stock market, and just really get a robust education. You know, I, I stumbled across this group called the Abacus. You know, um, with uh, it's, it's really a tribe or it's a financial mastermind of other uh, black business owners, black entrepreneurs, uh, black scholars, uh, black movers and shakers. And I say black because, you know, representation matters. And it's not always that you get to see people that look like you making these type of moves. And so it's just really an affirming group to be a part of. And it's profitable, <laughs> you know. So um, that's been a plus. I've been able to participate in educational groups that have other subject matter experts on topics ranging from theology. So I've learned about and and, and I've even had my theological uh, outlook challenge. You know, I've learned about how do you how do you juggle theology and sociology together and, and what how do they relate? You know, I've learned about eschatology and I've been able to jettison some of the unhealthy eschatolo- eschatological <laughs> views that I had, you know, um, been able to come into clarity with some things, been able to deconstruct some things and be able, and sometimes when you're deconstructing things, um, unfortunately you don't fit in the camp that you came out of. And so you're homeless, you're transient for a while as you're transitioning 
And so having a virtual community kind of helps you a little bit. I mean, sure, you still ache for real community. I, there I go. Not real community in the sense that Facebook is not real, but you ache for face-to-face -face community. But in the interim, that kind of holds you for a while. I've learned about cryptocurrency. You know, I was a part of this group. Um, what was it? Uh, crypto culture. And man, I learned about the ins and outs of Bitcoin and how to use these different exchanges. Got uh, various leads on different coins that are about to drop. Uh, ICOs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, been able to get turned on to the alkaline vegan lifestyle. Um, shout out to my guy, uh, Tyrone Ward. You know, we ended up doing some consultations and he got me right, man. Ended up getting my herbs, my, my herbal teas, you know, my elderberry and uh, dandelion, dandelion root and all these different things. My Irish sea moss. I mean, it has just really helped me. Things that I would not have known because I wouldn't have had access to these people because we don't move in the same spaces locally. You know, these people are spread out, dispersed everywhere. Right. And so social media has definitely added value. And I've become, you know, more round, more well-rounded in general by, you know, some of the meaningful relationships that began online. And then ultimately I was able to meet the person live. I was able to attend speaking engagements and to be um, a speaker at speaking engagements because of things, relationships that started online. I would not have otherwise had access to these people or have audience with people in their camp. So it's been great. So listen, Facebook is not the devil, but it does have the potential to be hell if we don't establish proper boundaries around it. All right, let's address the four areas, shall we? Uh, let's start with capacity. So y'all, you know what's crazy? <laughs> Facebook allows you to have 5,000 friends. Come on, 5,000? That's crazy, man. And, and you know, I've reached capacity a, a few times and I'm sure many of you listening have done that a couple of times and probably have, probably have even gone on to create uh, duplicate pages just to try to entertain or to be accessible to all these people, you know, so you don't have to re uh, to turn down so many people. Uh, but, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not that committed, man. I'm not doing that, at least not now. Now, you hear this three months from after it's published. Maybe I'll have another page out there. But, uh, man, that's that's a little too connected for me. Um, now, because of natural attrition or because I may just post something that, you know, is outside of the scope of just kittens and just humor, <laughs> anything outside of that, people think is controversial. If you post anything political, they think like, why are you talking about politics as if the personal is not political or the political is not personal? You know, these are real issues, you know, but people don't like to sit with their discomfort. Anything that agitates their discomfort, uh, they, they, they're not braced for it or they're not willing to. To, to face it, you know, and so you lose people and that's cool. You know, I lose a connection here or there, but even still it stays around, you know, it averages around 4,800 friends or more. And that's still insane. Y'all 4,800 quote unquote friends. Listen, I don't even have 5,000 people in my personal phone list. Now, of course I don't carry a phone book. You don't carry a phone book either. Yeah. Some people listening probably don't even know what a phone book is, you know, cause we keep everything in our phone. Right. Uh, but we used to have phone books where we had to manually write things down or, you know, I, I keep a Franklin Covey with a few emergency numbers, but for the most part, I just use my phone like y'all do. But the truth is, I'm grateful that Facebook manipulates the algorithm a bit so that it only shows about 20% of our active friends because that's about all I can handle. So even if I got 5,000 friends, I'm not going to seek all 5,000 friends. I might even forget that we had a connection or it can be so long before they populated my timeline that I forget, you know, why are we connected? How are we connected? What's the last thing we talked about? You know, and just be totally out of touch with what's going on in their life at present. But, you know, when I think about this, 
this 5,000 friend capacity. It makes me think of an ancient proverb that says uh, that a man of many friends will certainly come to ruin. Because if you try to nurture these friendships at the level that they truly deserve, come on, y'all know you won't have time for anything else. Then you, you'll be out here and it will consume your entire life just trying to uh, socialize, <laughs> just trying to be there, be present for your friends. You know, so I'm not saying you're doing anything um, bad. It just may not be the most expedient thing. It may not be the most uh, beneficial way to have a balanced life. Having 5,000 friends, y'all, 5,000 friends who are just accumulated on a roster, it really belies the amount of attention uh, required to deepen and cultivate meaningful relationships, right? So it can say you have 5,000 friends, but are they, how meaningful, how valuable are they? Would you even miss those relationships uh, if you went a season or two without conversing with them? And, and in real life, you know, come on, the truth is we don't have the capacity for it. We don't have the capacity for no 5,000 friends, y'all. I don't. And I know this to be true for, for, for all of us, I, I'm going to venture to say. And if you're dubious about that, then just go and buy a plant. You, you, come on, test it out. Test out my hypothesis. See if I'm, see if I'm, if, if, I, if I lost it. Buy a plant. Now, a real plant, not a plastic one. Buy a live plant and just see. See how much that one addition, that one change, you spend $20 on a plant, Right? And see how that that one living entity now that you've brought into your space places a demand on your attention and human resources in order for its survival. And see how well you're able to tend to that one thing. You don't have to call it. You don't have to text message it. You don't have to cook it breakfast. You don't have to bathe it. You don't have to do all of that stuff. And let's just see how well you're able to sustain it, how well you're able to cultivate that relationship and relate to it, right? Um, now, of course, you, you could get a plastic one that resembles the live thing so that you don't have to nurture it. And unfortunately, that is that that's 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 some of the things that we do in our in our offline spaces. Right. We we get something that resembles authenticity. But it's it's hollow. It's shallow. It's not deep at all. Right. And, and we try to take that virtual decorum, you know, how we navigate social media spaces and we try to uh, duplicate that same type of demeanor and those same uh, that same etiquette and protocol in our offline spaces. I almost said our, our real life spaces, but our offline spaces. And it just doesn't work and it causes a disconnect. And sometimes we're all discombobulated. Like, why is there friction? Why are we always on different frequencies? Why am I not really connecting? Right. Why have we not moved forward now? I almost said. I almost said in our real life versus saying offline, but you know, you got, we just got to face the fact that Facebook has become such a unique phenomenon and it has cemented itself into culture and our lives in such a real way that, you know, we can't dismiss it as not being real anymore. Right. So I'm saying offline spaces. I'm trying to be intentional about saying offline spaces versus saying in real life, because it's real. People get real hurt over interactions or the lack of interactions, you know, likes and dislikes, and they experience real trauma over comments. And y'all, when I say that, I'm not making light of it. In fact, I think, um, unfortunately, in our attempt to be aware and to keep others aware, we got this bad habit of getting lured into trauma porn. I mean, I wake up sometimes and before noon, man, I mean, it's just trauma plastered all throughout my page. And you get secondhand trauma because you're watching another unarmed black person get mowed down you know, in the street 
um, or you're watching somebody else, you know, uh, castigate another person um, and, and you see justice being miscarried and all these different things. And, and you see that and you can't see that and then not really have an impact on you. It's not benign, y'all. We can't consume that much and think it's not going to affect us psychologically and, and not affect our mental health. Right. So people get real hurt and they experience real secondhand trauma. Um, you know, real money has been exchanged through the media. I mean, right through the chat. I remember there was a post and they're like, hey, we need the whole community. Let's come together. Let's support so-and-so because they are facing imminent eviction. They fell on hard times. Let's rally around this person and let's save the day. Let's be somebody's hero. And we were able to save that, that person's day. And this, this, this is for somebody who's a relative stranger, you know, but we were able to make real impact and save somebody's day in a real way. You know, real social issues have been addressed in a real way. I mean, in fact, Facebook Lives allow you to capture things uh, as they're happening live, because you can't always trust, um, you know, certain outlets because everybody has an agenda. Everybody's going to spin it in a way to uh, heighten their ratings, ratings and so forth. And then they're going to have the commentary on top of commentary. But Social media, though, allows you to see it as it's happening, make you allow you to interpret it for yourself. Social media has allowed um, public opinion to kind of put pressure on some of these corporations to make the right decisions or to retract, to rescind or to repent certain decisions that they have made. You know, and just to keep it a buck, while there's a lot of misinformation being spread, you know, through memes and unverified posts, I've learned some critical things on social media that I didn't even hear about. I'm talking about from pre-K all the way to getting my master's degree, as well as some additional continuing education after that. There were some things that are like almost as essential as oxygen <laughs> that I just did not get any type of real substantive training on or education about that I've learned about on Facebook or by way of Facebook. At least I got introduced to it by Facebook and then I could take take it from there. And of course, you know, I think I think that's part of the system is it's done by design. You know, these real things that we need to know about is, 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 is hidden by design, but that's neither here nor there. That's another whole episode. But the point is, because I'm rambling, the point is we only have so much relational bandwidth. And so it's helpful to properly distinguish friends from acquaintances. And then after that, we got to audit and edit occasionally. You got to edit so that you can make room for the other relationships that are going to be meaningful. I, I read this quote recently um, and I'm, I may butcher it. I'm loosely paraphrasing, but it says bad friends can keep you from good friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it can be because you don't have any more capacity to have to accept another friend request or to send another friend request. Or it could be that people see who your mutual friends are um, and that could repel them. So audit and edit occasionally and, and make sure your friends list is something that has value that you're able to contribute to and that you're also able to benefit from. All right. So that's the first point for capacity. All right. Next point is omnipresence. So almost in the same vein as capacity, which is our first point, is this sense of omnipresence that Facebook gives you. So, you know, omnipresence is usually an attribute that we uh, uh, we, we assign uh, or we associate with a deity, you know, omni all so that the omnipresent, they have the ability to be in all places at once. They're, they're present everywhere at one time. And Facebook kind of gives you that sense in, in this regard. You're always accessible. You're always in somebody's pocket at the same time. So just like with the deity, you know, I could be at home praying with 
uh, a deity uh, and have an audience. And my wife can be at work uh, having needing access at the same at the same time and having a conversation, having communion at the same time with the same deity. Then my children also and then people on the other side of the world. Right. So it gives you this sense of omnipresence because you're always in somebody's pocket is just one comment, one ping, one one inbox, one DM away. You're always there. And if you don't manage you and I say you, but if I, you, if we don't manage our notifications while we're investing time into those more intimate relationships, you know, with our significant other or with our children or even just having some some self time, some time to reflect, some time to get our thoughts together, some time to metabolize and process the events from today and just to just to just escape for a moment to breathe and, and get clarity on our own voice, or even just some of those lower tiered, tiered relationships. If we don't find a way to get away from those and turn those notifications off, all the, all these of the 5,000 can, can and will run interference as if they have a right to, as if they, it is appropriate for them to place a demand on you at all hours of the day as if it's appropriate for them to interrupt you as you're talking to, you know, your spouse, right? As if they have a right to you 24-7, <laughs> you know, access to you 24-7, because essentially we gave them that type of access when we accepted the, French, the, the, the friend request. And if this type of behavior is left unchecked, then we'll live in the tension of com competing relationships that really shouldn't even be in competition. And you can find yourself everywhere, accessible to everyone, but not fully anywhere. And you'll be, you, I will be overstimulated, but underconnected with those prized relationships. I'll be everywhere, but not really where I need to be. I'll be, um, I'll, I'll be on somebody, I'll be engaged with other people or they'll be engaging me, but I won't really have deep, meaningful connection with the people in my uh, offline life. And that's going to be a problem, y'all. So the second point we, we talked about is omnipresence, all right? Now, there's more I want to talk to you about. We're going to unpack the other two points. But first, let me go ahead and give you these announcements while I have your attention. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled P-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. 
That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right. Point number three is propinquity. Now, omnipresence, the last point, point number two, really lobs the ball for propinquity. It helps. It's the perfect segue to propinquity because the idea of omnipresence, as I said before, is that you're everywhere and you're accessible to everyone at the same time, all at once. But propinquity deals with how close or how connect how, how connected you are with someone. So my position on this is if everyone has access, they are likely going to assume or presume that they can place an equal or the same demand on you as everyone else, right? Because both parties appear on the same timeline or even in the same thread. So they think if one person jokes with you a certain way, they have access and they have a right to joke with you a certain way. Uh, because you love or like one person's comment, then you should do the same on theirs and they'll feel some type of way if the treatment or if the response is not identical. And that's because in their mind, they're thinking the relationship status, the intimacy or the propinquity is identical. And it's not. That's Facebook is kind of deceptive that way. So Facebook friends can be problematic because trying to maintain closeness with someone that you truly aren't close with or you aren't close with anymore, it can also arrest your development. For example, you may have gone to elementary school with someone and because of the Facebook algorithms and because of how, you know, Facebook is trying to connect you with all these different people, like they won't let you outlive your past, right? So they're trying to connect you. And so you may reconnect with someone that you went to school with. And while you guys were cool throughout your adolescent years, you have chosen decidedly different and incompatible, incongruent paths to journey on now at this stage in your life. And if you're unable to see them as who they presently are because you're fixated on who they used to be or uh, who they have the potential to be, then that nostalgia or that fantasy could actually paralyze or stunt your growth. Uh, because if y'all pair up and if, if you condescend, so you come down from where you've you know, elevated, you've done the hard work and you've built yourself up and established yourself at a certain level and then you you backtrack and you start undoing some things or you revert to old patterns uh, so that you can maintain this relationship so y'all can have some more things in common. The problem is you cannot simultaneously be who you are while being the version of you that you've outgrown. You can't do both of them consistently, not long term. And you got to know that you should not feel obligated to accept friend requests that don't have a purpose. Or if you accept it and then you kind of Put them on a tr probation period or you try it out and you see what their vibe is like, you know, so you accept it out of curiosity and then you like, oh, wait, oh, no, 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 this this is detrimental to my growth. This this ain't going to help. Then you might want to create some distance. And, and look, that goes online and offline. Create the distance as necessary. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but you got to you got to take care of yourself because what's going to happen. They can share, see you sharing commenting, liking, or supporting posts or business endeavors of an old friend and they'll feel some type of way. They'll be in their feelings. They'll have all the feels, right? They'll be emo because the, from what they're look, the way they're looking at it is, man, why are you not supporting me in the same manner you're supporting these, all these other people? And so you kind of got to help them sober up. For instance, instead of using Facebook ads to market their business, I got folks tagging me and 98 other people that I may not even know just because they want their post, their product, their service, which 
may not even appeal to me. That may not even be something that I'm into or have expressed any interest to, but they don't care any interest in, but they don't care. Uh, they may tag me and 98 other people <laughs> so that it could just populate on my timeline. So they, they essentially littering on my timeline. They haven't gotten my consent. They haven't asked me. They haven't even talked to me about the product. Never mind the fact that I rarely speak to the person anymore. We rarely speak. They just want to leverage my social capital um, <laughs> because, and, the, and it's pro a problem because they haven't built or nourished any relational capital with me. So they want to use my social capital without building capital with me. You see the problem with that? And I get it all the time, y'all. I moved from California in 2015 and I still have people who will invite me to events that I just cannot attend just because of spatial differences. Like, nah, I'm not even there, fam. Or they'll tag me in things that no longer interest me. And it's apparent that though our relationship has changed, they have not properly discerned how close we are or aren't. And they continue to make a habit of making inappropriate demands based on where our relationship is at present. How we get down right now does not, in, uh, and how we've been maneuvering lately does not entitle you to the same type of favors as before. I'm not mad at you or things like that, but hey, man, there, there's an ebb and flow. There's there's a there's a flow to this thing, and 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 we're vibing differently, man. We 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 haven't talked for ages, right? And so. Because people aren't aware of this, what I found is that you have to do two things. Uh, you have to you have to, you have to manage this in two ways, so you can kind of ameliorate some of the impact. You got to manage expectations by establishing proper boundaries, which is undoubtedly different on social media because the space is virtual and it's much easier for the lines to get blurred. But, bam! If all else fails, you got to use that block and unfollow feature accordingly. So you try to establish the boundary, try to communicate the boundary, try to enforce the boundary, and if that doesn't work, block and unfollow you know, that's, that's your other recourse. And that leads to the, to the next one, which is manage your settings. So, you know, maybe you don't have to even get to the point of blocking and unfollow. If you configure your settings in such a way that people cannot engage you, uh, or they cannot do certain things on your timeline without your permission, whether it be posting on your timeline, posting on your wall, tagging you in a post, locating you, um, uh, by your contact information or sending you direct messages, sliding up in your DMs. You control your space um, because if you don't control it, then who is going to control it? That, you're going to relinquish that control to them. And you're going to be wondering, you know, what's all this chaos? Why, why is my social media space riddled with all this drama? All right. So that is the third point, which is propinquity. All right. Now for the fourth and final point for today, we're going to talk about secrecy. Now, y'all already know. I'm sure everybody listening knows at least two people who have ruined their personal and or professional relationships because they shared information that they thought was going to be kept in confidence. And this is the day and age of receipts and screenshots, y'all. And even though you may join a group that is secret or is closed or um, private, you know, you may join a page with those settings. There aren't any controls in place that prevent members of that group from taking screenshots and circulating that and escalating that to your boss or sharing it to any place, it, 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 sharing it to anyone without your, your knowing, unbeknownst to, unbeknownst to you. And so as a general rule, just assume that there ain't no secrecies. And the same is true with the DMs. <laughs> Many relationships have been shattered because of trust issues. And I will say, though, those trust issues were probably already present. They were probably just kind of latent, you know, um, 
going on in the background, but they were exacerbated by the DMs, either too much activity in the DMs or questionable activity in the DMs that violate the agreement between the two parties. So you got to make sure that you manage who can reach you. And then when they reach you, you got to manage their expectations as well as the person that you're in relationship with. So everybody's on the same page and they know what the decorum is, what the etiquette is and, and what how we getting down. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to boundaries, managing yourself and managing your space. And on that note, I hope your social media engagement has been a has been a benefit and not a detriment to your mental health. You got to purge your list or manipulate your list as necessary and unapologetically take social media breaks as often as you need. And please never feel more obligated to be available and in tune with other people than you are with yourself and with those uh, relationships that are under your same roof and your and, and your offline community. Make sure you tend to those. Make sure you deepen the right relationships and cultivate it um, for, 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 for the value that both of you guys can derive. All right. That's it for this episode. And we'll talk to you next time. And just like that, it's a wrap. Another episode for the archives. Do you like it? Do you feel it, though? Did anything resonate with you? Did it motivate you? So now what? What are you going to do about it? What's your next move? Share your thoughts by emailing fredtalx at mail.com or connect on Twitter at fredtalks, spelled Fred T A L X. Tune in next time for some more gems.